Good to see you all tonight. Glad you're all here. I hope to be an encourager tonight. Hope to be a blessing to you all. And uh, I want to get into the Word. If I can have youth and kids classes come back at um, 8.45 to do a quick meeting just to go over our uh, plans or remodeling what we're planning on doing next. I'd love to have a 15-minute meeting at 8.45. So if we can just dismiss you now a little early and get you back at 8.45. Sound good? Sound good, Blue Diego? All right. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Kids, youth can go to your classes and just bring them back in 8.45. We'll close out online service, and we'll come back in here and talk a little bit about some things we've got going on, catch everybody up on the same page. And everybody else, we can go to 1 Corinthians 13 and 9. I don't want to delay. I want to go straight to the Word of the Lord. Somebody move the pulpit up closer. I guess I need to move it back some. I don't want to scare Brother D.C. on the front row here. So, I've been known, I've been known to spit about 18 feet, so I want to try to just see my computer, man. It looks horrible. It looks horrible, man. Well, I'm glad you're all here. Let's all go to the Word. If you can stand with the honor of the word tonight, let me read one portion, and then we'll, we'll deliver what we feel like God has for us and uh, get on down the road tonight. 1 Corinthians 13 and 9, for we know in part, we prophesy in part, and when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly. It's blurry. It's difficult. But then one day we'll see everything when we see him face to face. Well, now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I also I am known. So right now Paul is confessing and admitting, I don't know everything. Everybody say, I don't know everything. This is the apostle Paul saying he doesn't know everything. This is the guy who pretty much wrote the New Testament saying he doesn't know everything. Does that not make anybody else feel a little better tonight? Tonight, the Lord wanted me to come in here and encourage you and tell you don't have to know everything. To be used mightily by God, you do not know how to know everything about God. You can literally tonight sit here in service and say, there's just so much I don't know, and still God can mightily use you for the kingdom in this last day revival. And so tonight, I felt like we need to lift off this dark cloud that says, I just don't know enough, God can't use me. Absolutely, God can use you. When knowledge fails, there's a whole lot of things that do not fail. We have a whole lot more in our arsenal as apostolic Christians than just our knowledge. We've got way more to offer the world than just our knowledge. And so I realize tonight we might not be the smartest Bible thumpers out there, but when knowledge fails, I'm going to tell you tonight what does not fail. And you can access it, you can use it, and we can have revival in our family and our job and in our community for Jesus Christ, everybody say in Jesus' name, amen. High five your neighbor and you can be seated tonight. Thank you, Lord. God bless you can be seated. I hope you all are all doing all right. It's Wednesday midweek. I hope you're feeling okay. And I'm excited. We had great revival. I'm trying to keep it going. I'm begging preachers to come back this weekend. I said, man, I got a fire hot here. Who else wants to come preach? So well, who knows what's going to happen right now? We're just going to keep revival going and obey the Holy Ghost, and I'm excited about it. We'll see who shows up, if anybody shows up, and we'll just, if, if, if not, I'll just show up. We'll just let God keep doing what he's doing, but I'm looking forward to a great weekend, and I hope you'll be here this weekend. Let's keep it going. Let's fill this place up. God is so good. Um, so let's go into this topic tonight, when knowledge fails. Everybody say, when knowledge fails. When knowledge fails, what do we do? What in the world are we going to do when knowledge fails? Uh, Philippians chapter 3, 
verses 12 and 13. We're going to be using a lot of scripture tonight in this topic, so please be prepared to be reading along with me. Not that I have already attained, Paul said, Philippians 3 and 12, not that I have already attained or am already perfected or completed, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself, Paul said, to have apprehended, to have grabbed a hold of, to have received everything. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I'm not there yet. That's what Paul was saying is I am not there yet. This is so key. We have got to get it in our spirit, especially as the people of truth, that we don't know everything. We cannot let our heritage of having the full gospel message hold us back and tell us that, that we have everything. We don't have everything. We don't know everything. We will never have everything. Until we get to heaven, we are going to be at the mercy of God's Spirit. We will only know what God lets us know. We will only know what we spend time studying. We are limited, but we've got to get in our spirit tonight. Every one of us, I'm not there yet. That's got to be the heartbeat of us. We've got to tell our family at Thanksgiving, I'm not there yet. Go ahead and show up to Thanksgiving with your pretty skirt on and, and, and wear your nice clothes and look like you're a perfect Christian, and you just make sure everybody knows I'm not there yet, though. Before you start debating the oneness with your family, tell them I'm not there yet. Don't ever let anybody think that you've arrived. One of the worst things we can do for our outreach and our witness is to make the world think that we've got it all together. We don't. Paul was able to confess and say, I'm not there yet. I am not perfected. I have not obtained everything I want to attain. I'm not there yet, but I'm telling you what I'm going to do. I'm never going to stop. I'm going to keep going forward. Thank you, Brother Matthew, for the confirmation tonight. We're going to grow. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep pushing forward. We're going to keep reaching forward. We can never, ever stop, never, ever quit. We've just got to confess, I don't know everything. There's a wall right now because of pride, because of coming from a poor background. There's people here that you were raised poor and you act like you know everything, but you don't because you're trying to make up for the fact that you were raised poor. You need to own it. If you don't know, you don't know. It's okay. Jesus' name, it's okay. Release that mentality off of you. Try, try, trying to be more than you are. Release all that off of you. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You don't have to know everything. God will bless you if you'll just be honest. I, I don't know about you guys, but I just can't stand when people try to be more than they are. Just be you. I don't like it when people try to sell up all the time. You know? Hey, can you, can you fix this? Oh, I can fix that. Oh, cool. Can you fix that? I can fix that. Can you, can you do dentistry work? I can do that too. You can't be good at everything. You're, you're going to go look up a YouTube video. You're just trying to make money. There's no way you can be good at everything. I, I'm scared when you think you know everything. I'm scared when you always say, well, I think. We've got to just have a spirit about us that says, I don't know everything. You know, that's the reason why the Lord's not working through us, because we won't confess. We don't know everything. 
Jesus, help me right now. Lord, I don't have enough doctrine to not need to be able to pray, to make excuses for walking in the Holy Ghost. I know never have enough Bible study or historical references, so I don't have to walk with you every day. I need to get inside my spirit. I'm not there yet. I don't know enough. That's why I need Jesus every day. You'll never get enough definitions of Greek and Hebrew. You'll never get enough Bible study knowledge from your grandma and your grandpa's history and heritage to say you don't need to rely on the Lord every day. I hope that's getting in your spirit right now. It's the foundation tonight. It's okay that you don't know everything. It's totally okay. Release yourself from that. The devil's lied to you and told you that you can't have a ministry and God can't use you because you don't know it all. But you know enough. You know something. Our God is the great multiplier of our seeds. And he will use what you know. He will, new, he will use the level you're on. He will use the limited doctrine that you've already got solid and standing on. And he will use that as a platform to give you everything else you need. You're waiting on God to give you enough knowledge. But you don't need enough knowledge. You'll never have enough knowledge. You'll never, knowledge will fail us. The worst preachers are the ones that try to preach what they think is really smart. Try to sound so smart. That's, that's not what we need. And you're going to find that in our study tonight, that this is the Apostle Paul, we're using him as a case study example of, of the guy who knew the most probably about God ever saying I don't know everything. One of the most apostolic things you'll ever do is to admit you don't know everything. I know we got a lot of our favorite preachers out there that it almost sounds like they know everything. But one of the most apostolic things you'll ever do is confess you don't know everything. This is a part of being apostolic. It does not take away from us. In fact, it adds to us. But because I don't know everything, God has to funnel through me everything I don't have. See that? It's a dependency on God's spirit to, to give me what my mind cannot contain. It's a dependency on God. When I say I know it all, I now need God very little. But when I say I don't know it all, I'm giving room for the spirit to work through me. Thank you, Jesus. I'm giving room for the Lord to speak through me. He gets all the glory, not me. You see, when you know everything, you get the glory. You get the honor. But when you live saying I don't know it all, then you rely on God. You need God. He gets all the credit. Jesus. Y'all feel the Holy Ghost when I'm talking tonight? God's going to unlock and unleash our ministries tonight and take away insecurities tonight in this service. God's going to empower us tonight because we've been waiting on our ministry to begin based on the level of knowledge that we've obtained. But you've just got to make up your mind tonight. I'll never know enough to start working for God. Never. Never. And, and so before I jump deeper into this, look, I'm not trying to create an excuse for not studying the Bible. Paul said, I'm still searching. What he's saying is, I'm never going to stop studying. I just never will know enough. So this, doesn't, this spirit does not mean we get to be ignorant just because we choose to be. The Bible declares, even Paul warned Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and 14, he said, remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, using your words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. But verse 15, he says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. The King James says study, but that word actually means to be diligent. 
to push, to be approved of God, a worker. It takes hard work to do what? A worker who does not need to be ashamed. Why is he not ashamed? Rightly dividing the word of truth. It takes a lot of hard work to rightly divide the word of truth. I'm going to tell you, studying the Bible is a lot more difficult than working in the Spirit. This is why farmers can work in the Spirit. This is why old country farmers worked in the Spirit. Back before, there was a lot of Bible study software on computers that told you every Greek word. There was the Spirit of God working through people. And this is why the church was birthed and born through the Spirit and not just the Word. But that spiritual move does not negate or take away the fact that we must study. But if we spent the rest of our life, every hour of the day studying, we still wouldn't have enough. And while the world is going to hell, we can't keep our nose in a book. Waiting on a day when I get my diploma to know enough. Y'all feel that? We're in the last days, y'all. There's not enough hours in the day for you to put your face in this book and know every scripture reference for you to be qualified to be used by God. But if you would ever learn just to stand on the scripture you already believe, if you ever learn to use what you've already got, then you probably could do more than you even realize that you could do. Most of us tonight have got plenty of knowledge of God. We don't need more knowledge because knowledge is really not the key. We need enough knowledge to help us depend on the Spirit of God. So I am not saying don't study. I'm saying studying will never be enough to give you the confidence that God can use you. So we know that we're a word church here at AFC. We know we should be studying the word. But what we know and what we teach will never be enough. We need more. 1 Corinthians 2 and 1 Paul, we're talking about Paul tonight. He said, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. This is the apostle Paul. We think he was the best preacher of the day, and he confesses, I did not come with great, excellent oratory skills or the wisdom Uh, Just cool thoughts declaring you the testimony of God. For I determined, I made my mind up when I came to you not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. This is what I think he was saying. I didn't want to be so smart I was dumb. Because, y'all, we can study, 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 and no, 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 and never know. In fact, there was a whole group of people in the Old Testament that all they did was study and they missed Jesus. We can become such a a studying people that we miss the spirit and what God is trying to do. And so what Paul was saying here, who cares if I know everything if it doesn't get the point across about who Jesus is? So look, he's going to finish the context. He says in verse 3, I was with you in weakness. I was with you in fear. I was with you in much trembling. Doesn't sound like this powerful conference preacher does it. But he says, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom because that's a real thing. You can be very persuasive with human wisdom. There are people that are great public speakers that they woo you and move you and make you want to change, but it doesn't give God any glory. It doesn't make you want to pray. 
pray more tomorrow. It doesn't make you want to worship him harder. It doesn't make you want to sacrifice more. It just makes you like the man's ministry better. It makes you want to go to church. It'll make you want to pray. When we elevate us and our personalities and our giftings over the work of the Spirit, we build a big social club of people that love to come hear a certain man preach, but they don't want to pray. And we have done, Jesus, a injustice whenever we have glorified ourselves with our own wisdom, but not drawn people to Christ. So look what Paul is saying. Paul said, I know I'm not a stupid guy. I know that I've got great revelation, but I had to back off and dial it all down because I wanted to make sure that when I ministered to you, that he got the glory. Listen, God can use you. God can use you. So he says here, it wasn't with all my fancy techniques, but it was in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. I don't have the words, Pastor. I can't be used. Don't need them. I didn't learn how to have have talking. I don't know how you get up there and talk in front of people. I'm nervous. Don't have to. You don't have to. It's not about our persuasive words. It's in demonstration of the Spirit of God and the power of God. When knowledge fails, the Spirit won't fail. When knowledge fails, the power of God will not fail. You might be lacking in the oratory department. Uh, You might be lacking in that knowledge of how to teach a Bible study, but you don't have to lack in the power of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. If you could ever just learn that it's all in Him, it's all through Him, it's all because of Him, and preach Him, then His Spirit and His power will perform. He'll get the glory. He'll get the honor, and anybody can do it. I love this. I love the fact that this guy who was was well-known, who sat at the feet of great theologians of his day, said, I had to dial back my, my personality just so I could make sure the Lord was getting all the honor and the glory. And everybody's trying to be so smart these days, but guess what's going to happen in the end-time revival? We're going to take all that smartness and just dumb it all down. We're going to reverse it because we're all getting so smart that the Spirit of God's not moving anymore. That's not healthy. I don't ever want to have so much knowledge. It hurts me. Ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of truth. Ever learning but never really getting what I need to know. That's the day that we're living in. So help me, Lord, to make sure that that I am working more and trying to work more in things that give you glory, the demonstration of your spirit, the demonstration of your power so you get the credit, so no one gets to say it was me or no one gets to say it was you. This is why God wants to use you. Verse 5. You ready for verse 5? That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know why God wants to use some of you? Because you couldn't do it. The very reason you tell me you're not qualified is the reason God wants to pick you. And I got news for you. You're right. You don't have enough words. But if you, can, if you can get in the spirit, then God can use you. Even with the lack of speech ability, God can use you, work through you. Thank you, Lord. So God's power never fails. Even when knowledge fails, 
God's power never fails. You can fail on what to say and still get things right. And I think we're in kind of a, a last day deal where our words are cheap. Everybody talks too much. Everybody talks all the time. Everybody uses their opinion out loud. They tweet it. They post it. They video it. They do all these things to their voices, and we're just all kind of tired of hearing everybody talk. And people, they're tired of hearing the church just talk, 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 talk. And what this theme here is, is the knowledge and how smart you are and all the things you know about God is not near as important as the power of God working through the church. This is what we have to rely on, not our knowledge. Has anybody else figured out that nobody really cares about what we think they just, they just want to see a demonstration of the power of God. Do you know why you had such a good time Sunday? You had a good time because there was a demonstration of the power of God. You may not remember one thing that anybody said, but you just look around and see a demonstration of the power of God. You know, here's the reason I think some people are bored when it comes to teaching. Because it, there's no demonstration of power that creates a believer out of it that makes them want to study more. People fall asleep in church because they're not in love anymore. They've lost their love for God. We need a demonstration of power to shake the place. We need God to show himself strong and mighty so the power of God can move and shake in people's faith again and make them wake up so they can say, you know what, I'm hungry for the things of God again. That's what I think the issue is. So God's power never fails. When knowledge fails, God's power will never fail. Grace never fails. In 2 Corinthians 12 and 7, Apostle Paul again, same context. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. He said, I have so many revelations that God gives me in the Spirit. And so I'm not, I'm not exalted above measure because of all the revelation. Remember, he's talking about how I know a lot, but he's also saying how I don't know enough. See the balance there? A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure. He said, I'm starting to know so much now that it actually can hurt me. See, that's the context tonight. I know so many things about God because of the depth of the Spirit and the study that I do that it actually can come back and hurt me. So the Lord allowed the enemy to put a thorn in my flesh to make sure that I never, never thought it was about me. Do you see the danger of being a knowledge-only Christian? Knowledge can make it be all about you. Thank God for times I don't know what's going on. Thank God for seasons when I can't explain everything about God. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to live scared and depressed. They're scared of God all the time because I can't defend everything. I can't say everything. I'm thankful for times I don't know what God is up to. I'm thankful I don't know everything. That could be bad for me. So Paul is saying, I know so much God literally let the enemy attack and put a thorn in my flesh to protect me from being all about myself. Yep. But look what he said in verse 8. He says, concerning this thing, I, I, I pled with the Lord. I prayed three times that it might go away, and the Lord didn't take it away. Knowledge may fail as to why. But look what did not fail. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. I don't know why I, I am having to go this route. I get, God, you're trying to keep me, protect me, but why has it got to be this thorn? 
Why has it got to be the way it feels? And the Lord says, you don't, you're not going to figure all that out. Let me tell you what you need whenever knowledge fails. My grace is sufficient. Y'all, we have access to far more gifts than knowledge. We have access to so much, and yet we try to say we can't do it because we don't know. But I felt like tonight the Lord wants to deliver us from that lie that we have to know everything to be used by God. We don't have to know everything to be used by God. We can be used mightily by God. You can be going through a storm and have no clue why, and still the the grace of God can come lift you up, and you can keep on going down the road. My, My grace is enough. You may not understand why you're dealing with it, but my grace will be enough for you. My strength is made perfect in weaknesses. Therefore, he said, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, my sicknesses, my health issues, that the power of Christ may rest on me. Here's what he's saying. If i got to be sick to have all this power, I'll be sick. Because whatever it takes to be used by God, I don't have to understand everything. i just got to be used by God. I just want to be used by God. I may not know everything, but I don't have to know everything. His strength is enough when I don't know what I'm going through. Hey, why don't we measure success off of the fruit and not the feeling? Is God for you? Stop talking about how you feel and look at the fruit. If there's fruit in your life, it doesn't matter how you feel. God is for you when there's fruit. You can feel bad and produce fruit. We're going to feel bad more in the last days. And we're going to be the very we're going to be a very fruitful people. Cuz there's a connection to feeling bad and being fruitful. Because as we become more fruitful, it may be that there is a thorn attached to the church to protect us from pride and thinking we have it all figured out. There's a connection between not always feeling good in this earth and having great power in the Spirit. So don't think that God's left you. Don't think that you're not qualified to be used by God because you're going through a storm, because you're hurting, because you're suffering. You could be going through that right now, and here's the answer for you, but you don't understand why. His grace will not fail. His strength will not fail. You will have just enough to perform what God has called you to do, and nothing more, just enough God will give you just enough. Usually my Saturday nights and my Wednesdays have been horrible the way I feel, and it just, it just works out. That's because I know, and I'm sure the enemy knows, I've got to minister the next day. But every single time, God gives me strength. Every single time, I can walk through those doors, and all of a sudden, it's like the Holy Ghost says, I got you. Hang on to me. I'm going to give you just enough power to do what I needed to do, and you get no glory. I get all the credit for it. God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. I may not know everything going on in me, but I know him, and I know I can trust him, and I know that his grace is sufficient from me. I don't have to know everything. I just have to have his grace. It's the power of God to give me strength when I'm weak. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
For when I'm weak, verse 10, he says, I'm strong. You know what else never fails? Peace never fails. You can be going through all hell, and you can have peace. This is a promise that we have access to. Philippians 4 and 6, the Apostle Paul talking to the church in Philippi, look what he says. He says, be anxious for nothing. Our scripture for anxiety. Is anxiety in the Bible? Yeah. Before you try medication, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Wow. With thanksgiving. Before you try anxiety medication, but in everything by prayer. Take everything attacking you into prayer. The greatest prayer warriors are the people under attack all the time. Got a lot to pray about, don't you? It doesn't make sense that you could complain to me about how bad your life is and how little you pray at the very same time. Pastor, if you just understood the attack, are you praying? Because if you're attacked as much as it seems like you're attacked, how come you're not talking to Jesus a whole lot more? Doesn't make sense, does it? Be anxious for nothing. But with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What are you worrying about? What are you stressed about? And watch this, verse 7. When you do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, knowledge. I don't know why. The peace of God surpasses all understanding. I like to say, like, if there were two race cars, knowledge and peace, guess which car would pass the other one in a race? Peace always passes understanding. It's faster. It's powerful. It's stronger. And when you can't get there with your knowledge, you can get there with your peace. When you can't figure things out with your knowledge, guess what? Go to God and say, Lord, I do not understand this, but my knowledge fails, but peace does not fail. There's access to peace. When I don't know why I'm going through it, there's peace that comes. And look what peace does. You want to know what peace does? Verse 7. You can just leave them up, Sister Marissa. Peace will guard your hearts. Get back, anxiety. Get back, fear. Get away from them. You don't belong here. You can't stay here. You know what peace is? Peace is a defender against stress. Peace is a defender against anxiety. And if you can learn to pray and take it to God and have thanksgiving, then you can make it when you don't understand. Listen, you'll do yourself a favor if you just stop trying to figure it all out. That's what this is all about tonight. Knowledge will fail. It's going to fail. But we have so many more things that won't fail. They're so easy to get. Most of these are the fruit of the Spirit. You should already have them already if you have the Holy Ghost. Finally, brethren, verse 8, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, just meditate 
on these things. Keep them in the stew pot in your mind. Always stir it all day long. Meditate on these things. Keep them in your mind. Stir it up. Turn the heat on low and keep this thing going. Let there be an aroma of God's peace inside your mind. He said, keep your mind full of the right things so the nasty things can't come in. Meditate on there. There's no room for anything else in my mind. I'm going to keep these things in my mind. I don't have to know everything. I know enough. Y'all, we're stressed out because we spend our time thinking about things we shouldn't know the answer to. You know, that, that's one of the most anti-God temptations, to want to know everything that God knows. In fact, it was the first temptation. The first temptation, the one that got Adam and Eve, was don't you want to know everything and be like God? And they were like, that's right, I want to know everything God knows. I am not content having to trust in him. I'd rather know everything myself. I don't want to have to need him. I want to be free of him. That's what this is all about tonight. This is what the Lord sent me here to tell you, is we've got to be free of this fear of not having enough knowledge, not knowing what God is up to. Jesus' name, help us, Lord. Paul made it very clear he, he's gained incredible revelation, incredible knowledge. You can see it through the Scripture. But he also admits in our text, he says, I only know certain things. He says, I prophesy, but I can't prophesy everything. You know, people think that people who are prophets know everything. They don't know everything. Prophets may seem like they know everything. They don't know everything. You can chase a prophet down, and you can beg him for if you're going to win the lottery or if you're going to have a beautiful husband or wife or how many kids you're going to have. You can go chase them down. They don't know everything. Paul, Paul said, I can't see everything. I only see what I need to see, and that's it. The rest is blurry. So this great apostle Paul who had so much revelation that the enemy had to literally put thorns in him just to keep him from getting too prideful, he's the one admitting that I, I can't see everything clearly. But you know that when I brought that text to you when he said that, do you know that the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 wasn't even about prophecy? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Oh, what chapter do they call that? Anybody know? We have this phrase. What was that, Brother Ray? That's right, Brother Ray. Thank you, Jesus. Chapter 13 is not the prophecy chapter. Chapter 13 is not the knowledge chapter. Chapter 13 is the love chapter. You know, we don't even have the full context yet because I didn't read to you the verse before and the verse after. Do you really want to know what Paul was trying to say? Let's look at it together. I'll take the one right before our text, 1 Corinthians 13 and 8. But charity, which is the Greek word for love, agape, it's God love. Charity never fails. I just don't understand. Charity never fails. I don't understand why they're treating me this way. Charity never fails. I don't understand why, why I'm stuck in this marriage, but charity never 
fails you. Jesus, help us. If I could just know what to do, charity never fails. Everything would be okay if I could just, but charity never fails. Y'all realize that when you don't know what to do, you know you can love? Thank God we don't know what to do. Because we probably wouldn't love right. If you knew everything, you probably wouldn't be able to love. But it's in the times when our knowledge fails, our prophecies aren't enough, our spiritual activity calling everybody out doesn't work. But you know what never, ever messes up? Having a love. Now tell me God can't use you. Well, I don't have the education. I don't have, but do you have love? Because it's never going to fail. I love talking to Brother Smith. He, uh, God, he's, God's given him a great burden to love people, help people. He's got incredible testimonies of how the Lord will tell him to pull over and, and help somebody, talk to somebody that's homeless, give him some money, buy him some tacos. You know, when you talk to Brother Dale, he doesn't really have this Yale personality, this Harvard, you know. You just talk to him for five minutes. You don't pick up the fact that Brother Dale has hung out with loggers and doctors his whole life. You know what I mean? It's not like God is using and talking to Brother Dale Smith because he's an Ivy League graduate who went to the best theologian Bible colleges. But you know what he has? He just loves people. God is using him to open up doors into massive pockets of Austin, East Austin, where they're begging for ministry. And he's not going in there with, like, the oneness doctrine versus Trinitarian baptism detail Greek Hebrew Bible studies. He's going there saying, hey, I love you guys. Jesus loves you. And you know what they're doing? They're saying, can you come back? He's doing with love what the majorities of the pastors with degrees in East Austin can't do. Am I right? Knowledge fails. Prophecy's never enough. Even the talking in tongues doesn't do the job fully. But love Love never faileth. Prophecies, they shall fail. Never going to get the prophecy just right. If I could just hear from God, it'd be okay. That's not going to work. You can't live your whole life waiting on some prophecy. You've had enough prophecies. They're going to fail. Whether they be tongues, they'll cease. No. You don't always talk in tongues. You'll stop. You can't do that. That's not enough. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. It's going to, you're going to have a blank one day. You're going to be sitting there in Bible study. It's going to be like, I just don't, you know what, let me just kind of do the dishes. My wife's like, yeah, speak to him right now. 
you got your church, search for truth Bible study out, and you're, you're reading through it, and they ask you a question you can't answer, and you know what? You start to turn red, and you start to shake and get the sweats, and you're just like, can I go to heaven not answering this question? I don't think I'll be saved now. I can't answer this question. And fear comes over you. You think you've got to have all the answers, and you think that if you don't give them the answer, you're going to let them down. They're going to go to hell because of you. That's, that's not what we need. You can shut the Bible study. Say, I don't know. Good question. Let's pray. Do you need a ride tomorrow? Can I help you do the dishes? Love never fails. What's stopping you from being used by God tonight? What's stopping you from being used by God right now? You may not have the knowledge, but there's so many more things you've got access to that God can use you in this season, in this hour. Jesus said, look up, for the fields are white, and they are ready. People are hungry. People are ready. And you think you've got to know everything about God to be used, but you don't. i got to get my prophecy just right i got to get all my gifts just right before I can be used by you, God. That was the verse before. Verse 13 is the verse after. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. So while these other things may not be always around or be enough, let me tell you what now abideth. Let me tell you what's always with you. Let me tell you what you always can pull out of your arsenal bag. Let me tell you, you may not have prophecy all the time. You may not have the tongue talking all the time. You may not have everything in that department. But here's one thing you'll always have stashed in your backpack. You can always reach back there and pull faith for somebody. You can always reach back there and pull out some hope for somebody. And you know what? The best of them all. You can always reach back there and pull love out. Paul was trying to say, hey, church, hey, y'all, let's work in faith. It will never fail. Believe the impossible for yourself and for others because it will never fail. Don't need knowledge to have faith. In fact, you can't have faith if you have all the knowledge. Whole building blocks of faith confesses you don't know everything. You can't use hope without, if you have no knowledge, you have to use hope. And hope will not fail. And the greatest of them, love. Because the hardest thing for us to do is to love when we're confused. Why is it this way? Why do they act like that? How come, how come, how come? And all that does is it ties up our love because we only love what we understand. I just don't understand people who do drugs. You don't have to. I just don't think I can relate to people like that. You don't have to. I don't think I can get it right here. You don't. Have, you just get it right here. Give them faith. Give them hope. Give them love. Give them faith. Give them hope. Give them love. The knowledge will come. The prophecy will come. The, the, the gifts of the Spirit will flow from the fruit of the Spirit. You've got to first make sure you're working in these three. 
The last day revival does not need a bunch of theologians. It just needs a bunch of Christians. It doesn't need a bunch of preachers. The fivefold ministry is just simply here to edify the church. It's the church's job to do the harvest work. I'm a preacher when God calls me to preach. That's, that's not biblical. I know you went to youth camp and they said God's got a calling for some of y'all to preach and 5% of the, of the group went up here and prayed. The other 95% didn't realize you're still called to preach. Preach faith. Preach hope. Preach love. You may not have all the cool words like Pastor Green, but just go ahead and have some faith for somebody. Have some hope for somebody and have some love for somebody. And if you'll work in those three things as your foundation, you can start your ministry tonight. You can see the work of God tonight. You can do something in this city tonight, next week, Saturday outreach. You're ready to be used by God right now. With your limited Bible knowledge, you at least have enough to have faith, hope, and love. And whatever you need to do to get those three, you're ready to start tomorrow. Let's go. Because what we need to give in this hour is more of those three things. And if we'll give those things, I'm telling you, the knowledge will flow through us. Jesus told his disciples, don't you worry about what you're going to say when you go before kings and governors. He said, I'll give you the words when you get there. Just love them enough to go. Love them enough to go. And I'll give you the words to say. One of the worst things we ever did at Bible college, we went there to get knowledge. We should have gone there to get faith. Hope. And love. I hope tonight in the name of Jesus, you can break free of every insecurity that God can use you right now, right where you are, your first, your first preaching may be when you get in the car and you feel like fighting and you feel like you're mad, but instead of pulling out all the knowledge, you pull out faith, you pull out hope, and you start to give some love. It's amazing how God will use your ministry, grow your ministry, and he will bless you. But this is what God wants for our church right now. He wants us to not worry about what we know or don't know. He wants us to work in that spirit, to work where he gets the glory, not with our fancy words trying to talk everybody into things. You want to talk somebody into something, give them some faith. Give them some hope. Give them some love. You want to sell something to somebody, do, use those three things to sell. Not your words. Not your words. Not enticing words. That's not what God wants to work through. God does not want us to work through our fancy words. He wants us to work through the right spirit. I don't want the credit, y'all. He's getting the credit. God gets the credit for every miracle, every prophecy, every sign, and every wonder. Let God do it. Let's just have faith, hope, and love, and let God get all the glory. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just take a moment. Let's stand for a moment, pray, lift our hands up.
for just a few minutes tonight before we, we have a meeting and the kids and youth come in. But I want to pray for you right now that you would be free tonight in the name of Jesus from that lying, that lying voice that says you just need to know a whole lot more and then God can start to give you love, faith, and hope. That's not true. That is not true. If you've been baptized with the Spirit of God, then you've got everything you need to begin right now operating in faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. I know you don't have every scripture memorized. I know you don't know everything about God and His Word, but tonight the Lord is trying to call us to say start small, start somewhere, start in your car, start at home, start on the job, but right now in the name of Jesus, we're going to be free tonight, God, because we've got a work to do. We've got a work to do in the last days, and we can't wait to study everything and know everything. I don't have to know everything. I've got to work in these three things, and I will see a mighty end-time revival, and so will you, church family. By the name of Jesus right now, God, I declare, loose us tonight, God, from the lie. Loose us tonight, God, that we've got to be smarter. Loose us, God, from the, from the idea I've got to have this fancy college. Loose us from that, God. We're ready to be used by you. We're ready to be used right now by you, Jesus. God, liberate us tonight. We can do it. We can make this happen. We are your people, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Praise God. You can be seated tonight. Hallelujah.